Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Nicole C. Emmanuel, partner at Practice LLP and author of MedicaidLawNC.com. Since 2012, Nicole has been writing about regulatory issues surrounding Medicare and Medicaid and drawing on her 20 plus years of experience in healthcare litigation, she provides valuable insights for healthcare providers through her blog. And on today's show, we asked her about that blog uh, and why she started it in the first place and how her passion for writing has turned into a valuable source of clients. So my first question for you um, is... What is the, the the one thing that you wish they taught in law school that you've you've learned since? The business side of it, without question. Yeah, I they don't teach you that you're gonna have to chase people down to pay you sometimes, and that you're gonna have people that don't pay you, and you're gonna have to write things off and discount. None of that is discussed. None of the monetary side, and it would be really helpful if like there was an economics class of some sort. Totally. A, a, a couple of people have mentioned that before. I think it's that the practical skills of actually being a lawyer in the real world is maybe potentially not what you what you get out of it. So what do you you know, the, those skills that you do gain um, after the fact, what do you what do you do think is the sort of if you could name a single one that you think is the kind of most important skill in being a successful lawyer? Well, I'm a litigator, so I think that my skill set is extremely different than other attorneys. I have to be well-spoken, I have to be confident, I have to know my stuff on the fly, I have to be prepared uh, and organized. When I go to trial, I go to trial at least once or twice a month, and each of these trials have you know, 22, 25 witnesses, and some of them last three to five days, and I, that is a lot of work to go through and they're all, all of these cases that I do when I'm going for a preliminary injunction, which is normally what I do because people come to me when the government cuts off their funding, like 100% of their practice, their doctor, their hospital, they count on Medicare or Medicaid and all of a sudden the government cuts off their, their funds. And so they're gonna completely lose their business. So when they come to me, it's bet the bank. So that's that's the kind of stuff I do. It's very fast paced and it's different for most other attorneys. Yeah, that's interesting. And so my, my final question on that, which actually kind of springs off that, I guess, is like what, uh, so in your specific chosen field of of, um, of litigation, what do you think is the kind of most important character trait for, for being a successful kind of litigator or an effective one? Knowing the procedural rules and being able to use them quickly on your feet in front of a judge when you have to make the objections and you have to know the rules of the procedure and law and all that kind of stuff, it's really, really important to know your specific jurisdiction's local rules as well. And because I'm in so many different jurisdictions, that that is challenging at times. I'm in about 35 jurisdictions across the country, I think. Yeah, wow. That's that sounds. That sounds like a, a lot to keep in your mind because it's interesting. Some some of the litigators I've spoken to before have, have kind of mentioned this idea of creativity of being a really important trait of a, of a litigator. And, I, and it, it's kind of a bit of what you've mentioned there because you've got to be able to think on your feet quickly and put things together and kind of on the fly come up with, you know, the right answer, the right question, etc. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's our sort of uh, quick fire round over and done with. So um, I'd love we could move forward to the to the story that you would um, brought with you today, which uh, actually is rather than it kind of being a, a, a 
a case, a legal case, uh, it's your blog that surrounds the work that you do. So tell me a bit about how, how you how you got started with writing. So I have a blog. It's MedicaidLawNC.com. I blog every week or so, and it's always about Medicare or Medicaid, some sort of regulatory issue. I try to tell stories in it. I try to talk about the law in a less legal ease manner, almost as if you and I are just speaking. I, I use the vernacular. I, I don't want it to be a highfalutin a legal journal. It is just, you know, for anybody who needs information. And I started that blog in 2012, I believe. I bought a book called Blogging for Dummies and I read it. <laughs> and, and I have maintained this blog now for, gosh, eight, nine years now. And about 90% of my work comes from my blog. It has really gotten my name out there. It has created my entire book of business. People now come to me from all over the country because of a silly blog, which which is just amazing to me. You say that you kind of you you you're using language that everyone can kind of understand. So, who are the sort of readers of this blog? Is it folks that are looking for advice around a problem that they're encountering, and you know something that they they want to take to trial or they're going to take to trial, and they're looking for advice around that? Or is it other law firms uh, that end up being kind of referral um, case referrers to you, or, or kind of what's that demographic or that readership like? The beauty of a blog is you can see the demographics. And so I can tell you that most of my followers are doctors, are uh, compliance directors, uh, durable medical equipment owners, any anyone who takes Medicare or Medicaid. There are a few attorneys, but those are attorneys that are usually in healthcare as well because they want to keep up. And uh, so is there was there a, a blog post, an article that you wrote that kind of made you realize, OK, this is I, I'm on something. I'm going to I'm going to do this. Because sticking with it for nine years is not easy, right? <laughs> I know, right? No, it's not. It takes up a lot of time. And I think that it's really good that I love to write. I love to write. Like, that's that's my passion. I guess that's why I became a lawyer. If not, I'd be a novelist. I mean, that I like writing. So therein lies, like, the passion already. And then I also like what I do. Because what I do is I keep doctors able to take Medicare and Medicaid patients. So in a way, I am helping Medicare and Medicaid recipients by keeping their providers in business. And that's how I look at it. And it gives me a lot of passion for my job because I think healthcare is so important for everybody. And most physicians don't take Medicare or Medicaid. And these physicians who do take Medicare or Medicaid, they go through all these regulatory hoops and sometimes have to pay people like me to come and get them out just because they take Medicare or Medicaid. Is there one uh, kind of article you can remember that kind of exploded and got a ton of attention for the first time? Yes, uh, this was in 2013. I was asked by the government of New Mexico. I was flown out there and I spoke in front of their general assembly. And I spoke about how New Jersey had suspended 15 behavioral health care providers all at once, which comprised 87.5% of the behavioral health care for Medicaid in New Mexico. So I was flown out there. I talked to the General Assembly about what a tragedy this was and how they should lift the suspension and not close all these people down. They all hired me. And so I wrote blogs and blogs about that whole experience and what we went through. We ended up suing. Uh, one of my clients was accused of owing $12 million. And after a two-week-long trial, the judge said that he owed 
$896.35. And then we appealed that. <laughs> wow, you remember the number. That's amazing. <laughs> so tell me, were you going about this in a really kind of purposeful manner going, this this article is going to take off and this is going to get me a, a, a book of business? Or I had no idea. So you were just writing about what you were interested in, passionate about, uh, you know, working on, and it just kind of happened to strike a chord with the with the right crowd. Correct. Super interesting. What lessons can other folks draw from that, do you think, that maybe haven't started a blog? Because it's not 2005 anymore, right? So it's not, oh no, it's whenever you started. Uh, you said nine years ago, so 2011. It's uh, it's hard to maybe break through the noise here in 2021. So what? how do you feel about uh, folks starting out kind of now? I think go for it. Yeah, create one, go for it, write. I mean, it's, it's therapeutic, it's fun, it is hard work. And I'm not going to lie, there are some times that I just want to throw it out the window and not even deal with it because it is just a lot of work. Do you do it every single week, week in, week out, or every single month? Or how, do you have like a, a schedule that you work to for it? Once a week is my goal. I will say last year I floundered a little bit. So my 2021 New Year's resolution is to get back on schedule. Well, I think we can all be forgiven for maybe losing a bit of pace in 2020, right? The first step is always the hardest and whether you want to blog, host a podcast or even start a YouTube channel, I guess the best thing you can do is simply go for it. So thank you to Nicole for sharing that with us today. Um, if you want to find out more about Nicole, uh, Medicaid Law NC or Practice LLP, you can find all the details in the show notes over at thatonecase.com. And if you did enjoy today's episode with Nicole, I really would appreciate it if you could share it with one person you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to listen are over at thatonecase.com. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you again next time as Ruby Powers tells us the story of That One Case. That One Case.